Hello, everybody. My name is Edmund Boatin. Um, I'm a pencil artist and photographer. And today, uh, joining me is my friend, Alisa. Um, if Alisa is around, hello. Say hello to everybody, Alisa. Hi, my name is Alyssa Ohashi. I'm a uh, photographer, mixed media artist based in Columbus, Ohio. Awesome. Um, so I've known Alisa for, I would say, I've been in Columbus for three years now getting into my fourth year and i think um i came across your work a year after so i've probably known you two years now yeah. and um the first time that i saw your work genuinely this is i'm not going to exaggerate on anything genuinely the first time i saw your work i was blown away and so i think what i did was reach out to you and at that time I think I came with you with an idea that I wanted to do, but we ended up not working together on it. But um, I loved your work. And since then you have been a friend and we've sort of talked and teach either, each other certain things. And um, it's been great. It's been wonderful. I'm pretty excited about this conversation. I don't know where or how it's gonna go, but um, I have a few questions here that eventually I'll be asking. And then if you have any questions too, you can ask me and let me know. If you want to start with anything, I'm totally down for that. Sure, yeah. Well, thank you for your kind words. Um, I felt the same way about your work, you know, as soon as I saw it and we met up and especially like after talking to you and getting to know you and especially um, your background being from Ghana. Um, yeah, I was uh, reading on your bio recently that you come from a family of makers and artists. Yes, so um, my my father has been um, a shoemaker. He works with leather um, ever since I was born. So like growing up, that is all I've known my dad to do. He's not done any other thing but that. And he's been doing, like I said, m probably more than 30 years. So um, him, I saw him doing that. And I had an uncle who is also a painter and um, another uncle, I have two uncles that are into painting. And then one ended up pursuing it and being a, an architecture. Um, so he became an architecture. And then later on, he was like, I had, I had to also go to law school for, for whatever reason. So he also got into law, uh, but uh, yes, I have family that has no art, living art, like my sister also like cooks and stuff like that. He actually went to school for like uh, cooking. I wouldn't say she's a chef because she's not pursuing to that level, but she has a degree in that. And um, my brother, my, my our very youngest brother, he's also just graduated high school and he wants to go into the university to study art as well so we have a long chain of artists in the family nice. which is and it's also very diverse like we don't have like me i do photography and pencil um we don't have any other person that does the same thing that i do so it's very diverse yeah that's cool so do you think that um do you think you were influenced from a young age have you always known that you wanted to be an artist 
growing up in family of artists or I think I think maybe um a little bit but what I remember is when I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to always like cry to my mom for to buy me like pencils and like crayons and stuff like that. And I don't think at that point I knew there was something like family giving talent, you know what I mean? So I think um, naturally I came as somebody who loved art. And then as I grew up, knowing that it's in the family, like seeing my dad do a lot of stuff, I didn't relate it to the art that I wanted to do when I was growing up. I think I also wanted to do something with leather. That was the influence that I got. So I like, the influence that I got was like building stuff myself. So I'll put stuff together and then show it in school and stuff like that. But with the pencil and drawing, I think naturally I came out like loving to do art like that. And I have, I have a piece here that eventually I will show um, based on what I was saying, like putting stuff together and creating stuff like that. Cool. Do you, um, I'm just curious, this is interesting to hear about the leather work. Do you think yeah. you'll ever turn any of your photos or any of your art into leather sculptures or present it on leather in a way to kind of go back to your roots? Is that something you thought about? I have never thought about that. Um, when, when I think about leather, mostly infusing it in my work, what I think was maybe if I, if I find another artist who is also into that and one way or the other, we can make it work. Mm -hmm. I would love to do that, but I have not really sat down and thought about it. Like I really want to do something with leather and stuff like that. Recently, what I have thought about doing with leather, if I could have the time to do it or the tools to do it. It's just making like camera straps and you know wrist straps and stuff like that. Um, I've talked to my dad about it. Like I said, I want I want to go back home next year. So we were kind of talking about stuff that I would want him to do for me whilst I'm back. But apart from that, I don't think I have really asked, uh, answering your question. I don't think I've really sat down and thought about doing something like that. No. Yes. But um, yeah, so I was curious. I know I saw you was that a couple weeks ago when we just met up and did some free street photography with some other photographers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I was just kind of curious, like, because we didn't have much of a chance to talk, you know, we kind of just like mingled with everyone. So I was curious what you've been up to recently, if you've had any projects going on or... Um, I've had, I, I always say is my mind is always doing stuff and I'm always, I feel like I'm always doing projects, um, but I never finish them. Mm -hmm. But the, the one project that I was really excited about was, um, a collaboration that I was doing with, um, two friends, which, you know, Ezra and Robbie. Yeah. And I was, I was really excited about that. And we, I think we all were just excited equally about it. And we were so um, excited to let other people see it and, and show it to people around us. But due to one or two reasons and COVID happening, uh, it kind of pushed the uh, project away. Um, so that was one thing that I was like 
for the last few months we were focused on. But personally, I quite remember um, two years ago when I came across, uh, when I came to know Sharon, Sharon Wise Gallery, which is the gallery that I'm representing now. Um, she kind of in the conversation said, maybe someday you could have a show here. And I have had that at the back of my mind um, ever since she said that. And so like every single day, I'm thinking about what I could do um, collectively to show and then uh, what I can put together to, to put in a show. Let's say she reached out to me and be like, hey, this year I want you to have a show. What am I going to show? So mm -hmm. I've had that at the back of my mind. So sometimes when I'm out there taking photos or even when I'm home and I'm, I want to create something, I try to do something. I don't force it, but I try to find something that will fit into something that I could show. So project-wise, like I said, I feel like I'm always doing projects that I never finish, but um, there is always that one project that I know once it comes, I could be ready for it. So the show is one of it. Um, the book that we were making is one of it. And one and one other thing was, like I said, sometimes I do projects that I never finish and then when the opportunity comes, I just let it out, which is a few months ago, I released a new zine, which is like a photo zine. Um, it's like a 30 something page photo book that I put together. And that was inspired by just being bored in the house and going through a bunch of photos that I have created and then picking them picking some photos out that I felt like it fit together. Um, so I, I just thought maybe this would be the great time to put something out there for people to also see that all the photos that I take, all the posts that I put on Instagram, it's not just for Instagram, but also like I could make an actual work where people will feel it. Uh, if that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. What, um, was it called Backroads or something? Yeah, I have, hold on. I have one here. Let's see. Yeah, right here. Nice. So what are the photos in this book? Is this all like back roads in America or from traveling all over? Or It is back roads specifically here in Ohio. So oh. um, when, when I started getting into photography and specifically film photography, um, I found that I found that Sometimes I just enjoy driving. Well, way back in Ghana, sometimes I would just drive around doing nothing, just driving. So I enjoy doing that. And so coming here and then driving and having my camera with me, it felt like something that I used to do. But now, instead of just driving, I take photos as I drive. So I have photos, a lot of photos like that, where it's just like, I'm in the house and I just want to go for a drive with my camera and then take photos. And most of the time it's either just by myself or a couple of friends with me and we would just drive. And then if we see anything interesting, just stop, take the photo and keep driving. So when, like I said, when all this COVID thing started and we all stuck in the house, I was going through a bunch of my photos and I realized how much of those photos that I have. And so I was like, I was literally talking with my wife, like, I 
want to do something with these photos, but I don't know what I want to do with them because some of the photos, you can't just print it and have it on somebody's wall. They don't stand alone. It has to be in some sort of sequence for people to enjoy uh, what you're doing. So I went through them and I didn't also want to put out like an actual book where there's like a bunch of photos. So I selected a few of them that I thought they went together and I just like kind of like put them in this book. And so far the response has been great. Uh, so all these photos were taken here in Ohio. And was that your first time publishing a book? Or yes, first time. Okay. First time, which is also um, the best time to do this because now with internet and stuff, like things are right there for us. And if you want to do anything when you go on internet and then help with some friends that has already done it, you know, mm -hmm. reach out to them, talk to them, be like, hey, I want to do this. I've seen you done it. Um, how did you do it and where did you get it printed and stuff like that. So nice. it, it was a self-published and first time. Nice. So did you make um, limited copies of that or is that available for sale? I have, I have in mind the number that once it reaches, then I'll just take it off. Okay. Um, but I haven't put it out there and I've kept it that way because I felt, I feel like once you tag your art with a number, um, I don't know, it just feels weird to me uh, in some way, but I want to personally like have a number in my head, like once it reached that number, then it's like, it's gone and I won't reprint it or anything. And then I'll give in some time before I put out the next one, because after I put out this, it kind of motivated me and want to put out more, but I, I feel like I don't have to keep like every month putting out a zine, you know, you, I don't also have the large numbers that know me for my work to be able to purchase it. So it's like giving myself some time for people to know the work, know what kind of photos that I take and stuff like that before I even put out the next one. Well, I have a, I have a few questions and, um, so, like I said, when I first saw your work, I was blown away. But what drew me into it was um, how contrast your photos are. It's like very, very like right in your face, you know. So uh, my question is, hold on, I have to read from, from this that I wrote down. Okay. So my question was, is when you started, did you already like knew that you wanted to do your photos like that? Or did it kind of grow as you go? Like with how contrasty and punchy your photos are? Mm, you mean like aesthetically with the, uh, the vibrant? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> hmm. I think I pretty much always I started out doing that and I started out doing overdoing it, I would say. Okay. And uh, I've been shooting for about four years now. Um, and my, my photos are still punchy and in your face and contrasted. But I think it's like toned down a little bit compared to where it was. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny because I have, a, I have a pretty like mild, full personality unless it's like things that I'm very passionate about. So 
<laughs> yeah. And so it was pretty funny, like, uh, when people would see my work, like, on Instagram, but they wouldn't know me or vice versa, they didn't know me, but didn't know about my work. When they saw the two come together, like, it didn't make sense for anyone. That was sync, right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah, like, something, when I'm shooting people, I really like uh, confrontation. Like, I really like uh, their eyes to be directly in the lens. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, like, looking off or looking behind, you know. Those are beautiful and elegant in their own ways. But for me, when I'm trying to tell a story about something or about a person, I like that confrontation so you can see directly in their eyes and then make your own kind of inference about what they're about or what the story is about. You know, just That's like awesome. I mean, it worked because, like I said, the moment anybody... Um, and if you are watching this and you've not seen Alisa's work, right behind her, you can even see it. Like the photos stare at you right in your face. And, and I love that about your work. And then as time goes on, um, I remember when you were about to graduate. Um, mm -hmm. That was, I think that was the first time I saw your collages. Mm -hmm. And also, again, I was like, this girl has a lot of talent that we don't know. So is it something that you just um, started doing for your final project or is it something uh, inspired somewhere? Like, how did you come about doing that? Yeah, um, I'm actually getting more and more into collage work. So thanks for bringing that up. But it kind of started, I um, have a really difficult time editing down photos. So you know how people, they'll just get that, that one mm, photo, right? You can like right. see it feel it when you shoot it, right? Right. I, you know, I get that every now and then, and I love it, but I'm finding my work is like, it's uh, about an abundance of photos to show more like fragmented pieces of a story instead of just one. Um, right. So my first project in grad school, it was about uh, the struggles of womanhood. And basically I asked eight different women if I could photograph them nude in the studio. And I brought a sheer black sheet with me. And then I asked them to bring some music, either something that got them through a difficult time or just something that would make them feel comfortable. And then I gave them the sheet and then they were allowed to use it however they wanted. And, you know, so some girls would like cover their faces, some would dance with it, some were angry, they were tired of being censored, so they didn't use it at all. Um, so when I was making this project, I was, I didn't really say anything as a photographer. I kind of just sat there and shot and like there wasn't much conversation between us. I kind of wanted it to get uncomfortable to the point that it got comfortable and they like got in a flow state of whatever they were imagining or like going through, you know, working through yeah. the womanhood. But um, yeah, so like going to grad school was my first time printing and that was two years ago. So I got a little obsessed with printing as I'm sure you know, but um, yeah, so I was trying to tell these stories of these women with just one photo. And for me, it just, the one photo just wasn't clicking, you know, it wasn't just one point, one story, you know, it wasn't anything like that. It was a bunch of fragmented pieces that made up this woman. So my, like, I guess my first, um, it wasn't an exhibition, it was just for school, my first showing at school. Um, I'm not sure how many photos was in there, but I was in a 10 by 10 uh, square foot room and I covered each wall with um, a different woman and with just like multiple images, probably 
they were four by six photos. There are probably around six, six to 700 photos. And wow. yeah, and it was um, all black backdrop, black sheer sheet, different colors of women. But when you walked in this small room with that many photos, it just became overwhelming and it became uncomfortable, you know, to a point because you were, you were forced to look at these women and you were forced to see them in all of their nuanced ways. Right. But through their eyes, you could see the pain or the struggle or, or the redemption, like overcoming whatever they were at in that point of their life. And it just uh, forced the viewer to connect and to take time to see each one or not. You know, it's up to the viewer, like what they decide to do. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. And um, when you talk about it being like, uh, a little bit over all over the place, uh, but gets you to like focus. And I was literally saying, uh, thinking about that yesterday whilst I was going like referencing your works again, like there was one photo um, that I saw and that got me to thinking about your work that way, which is like, it is all over the place. It's a little bit chaotic, but also it forces you, that chaotic uh, chaos forces you to like, be steady so you can really put in uh, your own meaning of what is going on. Nice. So I, I really like that about, about your work and, and I think you're doing great at it. Um, I'm excited to see what next um, or the level you take it to. But we cannot have this conversation without talking about the photo, uh, black and white photo behind you that I also have here. Um, <laughs> It's been, honestly, it's been like one of my iconic photo of yours. Um, anytime I make a video or anytime somebody comes in here or anybody that I've seen it when it was in my old studio downtown, they ask me if I took it. I'm like, there's no way I could take this photo. So um, the question that I have is, did you see that happening? Like, you know, sometimes when you are on the street, you, you like foresee something about to happen and then you wait to get it? Or was it just like a quick snap where it just happened? Yeah, it was a quick snap. It was like a very decisive. Hold on, let me bring it up so people can see. Oops, this is the photo we're talking about. Thank you for showing up. Um, yeah, so that was taken uh, January 20th. 2017. Um, my partner at the time and myself, we drove over to DC for the Women's March. Uh, but we got there a few days early and we were watching the news and um, Trump's inauguration, you know, with like the protesting and rioting and everything that was happening during that time. Uh, so I looked at him and I was like, we gotta, we gotta get down there. You know, I was only a year into shooting at this time. Um, but I was like, we got to get down there. I came to document, so I need to get down there and document this. And we went down there, and it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. That was my first protest, uh, which was it was a big one. You know, it was one of the biggest in history. Um, right. But yeah, so I I go into a lot of things like pretty naively, you know. So uh, when I'm not experienced with it, but I went into this, I wasn't sure it was happening, but I went right up to the front line and I stood beside the cops, which is the photo on the uh, left side of it. And, you know, they told me to back up, get basically get back in line. So 
I got that and I did. And you know, I'm only five six, so I couldn't really see over everyone. So my partner put me on his shoulders, and then I had oh, wow. yeah. So I had a different view than pretty much everyone else that was there. And uh, the guy in the photo, his name is uh, Ken Wadiken, and he's a uh, peace activist out of San Diego. Um, okay. And I didn't know that at the time, but I just you know what he was mediating between the police and the public. And I like, you know, the message on his shirt, free hugs, um, the juxtaposition with the cops behind him and their shields, like not showing any humanity. Uh, mm-hmm. But basically having the same kind of font also on their shirts. Um, but yeah, so that was a decisive moment shot. And then uh, Art Pop, are you familiar with Art Pop? Yes. Yeah. So uh, Art Pop is a nonprofit organization that uses uh, unused media space like billboards and newsstands, mm-hmm. and they pair with these uh, advertising companies to basically give free space to artists. Um, it's called uh, Street Gallery, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, so they had a competition open, and those two fo- those are actually two photos that are separate. But in order for the 24 and a half by six inch ratio to work, you have to put it together. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how, which I think it's, uh, I think it's stronger with, you know, the two pieces than just the one, but yeah, that's how that came about. Awesome. That is, well, I, I could see on the screen. Um, I don't know if you saw it. Um, people were saying they would love to see um, a lot of photos from us. So do you have anything laying around that we could take a look and talk about? Uh, sure. Sorry, I didn't. It's only my second time using this. I didn't realize there was a chat going on. Yeah, I, I just literally was seeing it popping up. Initially, I thought it was notifications from my phone, but um, <laughs> then I saw that it was an actual uh, questions going on. Okay, sure. Do you have anything in particular, or do you just want me to grab a couple pieces? Um, just any any one that you have that you think um, you would like to show and talk about. Uh, sure. Well, whilst uh, Alisa is getting ready, maybe we can flip through my book a little bit more. Um, So like I was saying, these are just photos that, I don't know how good you guys can see it um, from my book. And um, just to plug in, um, if you you, you like it and you would like to get one, I have some at the gallery, at Cheryl Weiss Gallery at the short month, so. If you go there, you can get some, but um, this is it. I call I call this the Hampton House. Like, it looks like the tree is hunting the house. And um, I sneaked in some colors in here because I feel like I love black and white, but I feel like a lot of people don't really know me much with color. So I decided to like put in some color photos that I think went well with some of the photos in here. 
and most of, I think not most, all of these photos were taken on film, um, film camera and film stock. Um, so, and I developed and scanned them all by myself. My DIY light is falling again. <laughs> so sorry. Um, I don't know if anybody watching will recognize a scene that they're like, oh, I know this place, so I've seen this before. It, <clears throat> excuse me. It's pretty cool when, when I get people recognize photos that I have taken where it's like the location and stuff like that. Anyway, Alisa is on, so. Um, okay. Good. <clears throat> um, okay, so show this piece. Um, this is from my thesis project, my MFA project called Who We Are. Um, it was an exploration of my Japanese lineage uh, through the uh, Japanese internment camps during World War II with a focus on transgenerational trauma. Um, so I'm a quarter Japanese, long story short, didn't really meet my dad till I was 19. Um, so I didn't really know anything about it. So my project was kind of um, kind of like looking at, dissecting, investigating my relationship with my father, and then that led into a more like ethnographic kind of uh, research. But I stopped shooting just kind of like straight on snapshots and portraits and started to get more interested in um, different materials and how I could use those materials with photographs. Um, so basically I did some perform uh, performative self-portraiture. Uh, this is myself and then this is my dad when he was 12. I'm 31 in this photo. Um, took the two separate portraitures, put them together in Photoshop and then printed that oh, out. Sorry, you said the photo of your dad is when he was 12? Yeah, right here. Wow, you can never tell. <laughs> because of how like good they're like really and I can already tell well I've met your dad and and you guys pretty look alike so like it's pretty interesting how you've been able to like put them together for it to sync that really well oh thanks yeah it's like I, I'm not like a technically sound photographer um I consider myself more experimental just because I'm always like I'm working very fast like pushing ideas out right. um but regardless, uh, so I printed this out on matte paper and then made these tears in it. Um, so part of you know my family's experience was being incarcerated at uh, Tule Lake internment camp in Northern California. So I've been thinking a lot about uh, prison and freedom in like physical human form, like prisons we have today, detention camps, stuff like that. But also prison of the mind, prison of the spirit, and like paths of liberation to get free. What does that look like? Um, so printed this out on that paper, tore it apart, uh, stapled them back together, and then put it in a scanner, scanned it, and then reprinted it. So that's how I got this kind of uh, deep texture on it. If you can see it might be. Really very, very interesting. Wow. Thanks. Yeah, so started doing stuff like that. Um, so that was, I think this project's going to be three phases and 
my thesis work was the first sta stage. It was just kind of like the introduction, uh, starting to look at like the Department of Justice and getting records on my family. Um, I ended up being, doing a DNA test from a genealogy website and uh, purchased like the family tree and everything too. And while I was on there, I found um, my cousin, Amy, who lives in Portland. She's a fourth cousin. Um, she's, yeah, so, and like all I, you know, I know my dad, we have a pretty, we have a good relationship now. You know, things have healed, it's, it's been nice. But um, besides him from my Japanese side, I met my grandfather once before he passed away. And then I met um, his sister, one of my great aunts once as well. Uh, but that's really all I knew. So finding Amy was pretty cool. And we just started or messaging each other pretty immediately. Um, but I ended up last summer, I ended up going out to Oregon. I was in Sun River, Oregon for a little bit. And then I rented a car and drove down to the internment camp where my family was. Um, and, you know, I mostly shoot portraiture events. So there's always kind of something going on. Uh, the internment camp was just desolate land and buildings, you know, so that was kind of a new frame of reference for shooting for me. Um, but I went out there and shot that and then I drove to Portland and met Amy and she hosted me for four or five days. Um, and she let me take her photo, which was actually really amazing because when you walk into her house, you open the front door and there's a long mirror and then on the sides of it are photos of her children and friends. Her husband is at the top. And then right here is an image of her, but it's a charcoal drawing. So all the other ones are photographs and then hers is a drawing. And she, you know, she's like, yeah, I don't really let anyone take photos of me, but this was kind of a big moment for both of us. Um, so I haven't showed anyone this yet, but. <laughs> well. We are lucky to be the first people to see it. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is a collage piece that I've made with her. Uh, the background is uh, the, in the prison within the internment camp. The front ground is the barbed wire looking in to the prison. Um, the portraits around her are, some of our family stuff is at the Japanese um, Nikkei Legacy Center in Portland. So mm -hmm. these are portraits from there. This is my grandfather here. Uh, this is Amy in the middle. And then this is the original letter from uh, John Edgar Hoover uh, during the time uh, when they were rounding up all the Japanese Americans and putting them in internment camps. And it basically just says, um, just basically says the reasons that they arrested my great-great-grandfather within this letter but then and it's stamped and marked but at the end I find this so wild because they're like you know prisoners of war and they're just trying to like sugarcoat everything and then he yeah. signs it down, down here very truly yours <laughs> and I was like <laughs> so wild but, wow yeah so that's something that I'm working on right now that is a very interesting piece Thanks. Yeah, I've been I've been holding on to it for a little bit, but it might be time to let it go. Put it out there. Oops. Sorry guys, my light is just like all over the place. 
That is very, very interesting. Um, obviously, I, I love your work, but seeing these is just like, I kind of see where the photos, like in the future, your work is going towards. And is it, um, one other question that I had was, even though you talked about how you went on and developed the idea of doing collages and you, you love the, the act of like working faster and stuff like that, is there any other artist that influenced that? Um, yeah, I was just thinking about this earlier. So when I was starting out, um, David LaChapelle and uh, Cindy Sherman, they were big influences for me. Are you familiar with David's work? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. So he does these like uh, very punchy, vibrant, contrasted in your face images. Um, but they're all like makeshift sets of these just extraordinary, like fantastical characters. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's photographed celebrities as well, but I'm talking more about his like character work. But um, him and then Cindy Sherman, he, she explored a lot with uh, identity and like remaking herself into, I don't know, different types of women, I guess. But they were kind of an initial influence. Um, but recently, Zanelle Muholi, are you, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, but are you familiar with her? Well, uh, she also does the same collages. Yeah, um, I haven't seen collage work, but she does um, like art activism for the LBGT community in South Africa. Oh, no, I'm not familiar with her. Yeah, and it's um, it's also like very confrontational and forces the viewer to like you can't look away, you know. It's right. Like, you just have to stare at it. Yeah. So her, and then um, I was recently introduced—not personally, but introduced to this artist, um, Jerry Takigawa. He also makes work about the Japanese internment camps. Um, but yeah, those are the two that I've been looking at most right now. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I also have, I mean, I have a lot of friends here that I can show, but there is a, a few that I, I would like to talk about. And so I don't forget uh, talking about also making stuff uh, with my hands. Um, it's pretty, I don't know how I'm going to show this, but I'm going to go grab it and then show you guys um, what I did. It was supposed to be for a show at the gallery, at Sharon White's gallery. Um, I think two or three months ago, <clears throat> excuse me. But because of COVID, it was it was then done virtually. Um, so people really went, did not get the opportunity to see it in person. Um, but I've had it in my studio and and Sharon, Sharon and I like talked and we were like, sometimes she wants to have it in this uh, in the gallery and put it in the front window, but Sometimes or most times I get too attached to certain works that I do yeah. that it's very hard to like, <clears throat> excuse me, to let go. Um, like my first mural that I had in, in Columbus, the piece, when it went to the gallery and came back home, I have just, I loved it when I did it. And I loved it more when it became the mural. But then once I had it back and I, it has been with me for, all these uh, months, it's kind of like, I'm so attached to it that I have just decided to just keep it. I don't know when I will let it go, um, but 
it's just one of those pieces where I it, I just want to have it in in my studio and not let go. So I'm going to go grab it real quick, and then show you guys. I'll have to put in some light for you guys to see it. Hey, Edmund. Yeah. I have a, a trivia question for you while you're working on that. Okay. <laughs> um, not to put you on the spot, but what instant photograph are you not supposed to develop as it shakes? Or not, sorry, not supposed to shake as it develops. Oh, I'm just kidding. This is not for you. This is for the audience. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, Okay, hold on. I have to ask because at, at this point, I feel like um, even though the question, now I'm relieved because I now know the question is not to me, but what is a trivial question? What the, the, okay, I'll repeat it. Sorry. So the trivia question is what instant photograph are you not supposed to shake as it develops? Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'll have to flip this around. Um, sorry, guys, if the camera becomes a little bit shaky, so I can show you guys um, very well. How do I even flip this around? There we go. So this is the piece. Um, I will have to light it up. So the show was supposed to be um, the artist studio. And I didn't know what I wanted to do initially for it because I didn't want to just take a photo of my studio and print it. And I didn't also think taking a photo of my studio and drawing it was also a great idea. I wanted to do something different, something that people haven't seen me do um, ever. And then it was also going to be really fun, like I was saying in the, in the start, that Growing up, just watching my dad do stuff, I also got into the act of putting stuff together. So this kind of took me back to my childhood, which is like, I will like literally back in the days, I will walk around and find cardboards and put them together. And I, I will say I'm an architect building a house. And then sometimes you will find like, um, thin, like tin of like milk or like a tin that has like, food and stuff in it that has been eaten 
we would just get the tins and then cut them and then make them into cars. And we will put like a rope to it and then just run with it, kind of having our own cars. So this piece actually like really took me back to uh, my childhood. And these are photos that I personally took and everything in here was hand put together. So when you see here is the couch um, and then far to the corner is the plant. I tried to like uh, basically let it look like my studio. And then right here is uh, a photo of the city. I don't know if you can see it really well. Mm -hmm. um, and then right there is, you remember um, you were supposed to do this guy's portrait and you sent him to me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the photos and I really, really love that photo. And then in the middle is a photo that I took um, called, um, um, now I don't even remember. It's uh, on, I can't remember the title, sorry guys. But it has something to do with like people that reach out to people or praising other people, thinking they, they have knowledge about something, but basically they are like blindly knowledgeable. Ah. It's like, they feel like they know a lot of stuff. So a lot of people go to them for the knowledge, but then the knowledge that they are spreading is like not knowledge they personally know. It's just like a hearsay and they are just spreading it as a knowledge. So- I'm curious about it. Yeah, so that the hands in there is the people that are reaching out to the subject for that knowledge, which is the knowledge is uh, the book represent the knowledge, mm -hmm. and then the eyes that is covered represent the like blind like blindfully just spreading stuff that they do not know about. And then this is just. Edmund, was that centerpiece? Was that inspired by anything specific or? Yeah. Um. So once in a while I am somebody that um not to kind of say anything to praise myself or anything or just try to uh say I'm um I don't even know the word to use but sometimes I just sit down and have deep deep thoughts well most of the time my mind is like that uh, but I was thinking about um things that just go around the world and I'm also somebody who is not so much into politics. Like, I, I don't really like to talk about politics. I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to get into it that much. But um, I feel like a lot of our politicians and just people in power, most of them, um, we see them as people that have a lot of knowledge. Um, people that we look up to, most of them we think, they have a lot of knowledge that we can learn from, but mostly um, they give us like the wrong information and you grow up with it thinking that is the right thing, that is the correct thing. And then you come to find out that that is not what it is. Nice. So basically that is um, what this piece is about. And I recently did another piece that follow up that I'll be showing you guys in a bit, which is also um, about politics and media where it's like we are being swamped by media and they kind of control the world and we don't know and we just what we just do is just stick our face into it and just follow along with it and um 
So yeah, that is what it's all about. And I, when I show you the other piece, you, you kind of know what I'm talking about. And then this, the next one is just a portrait of a, um, a friend uh, that also had her studio. She actually makes that hat. I don't know if you guys can see, but the hat she has on, she, she makes them. So this portrait was inspired by the art that, uh, by the hat that she made. Um, and then I made this table that looks like a, um, an apple box, but uh, instead of making it look like an apple box, which is too big for the studio, I made it look like a table and then I have the camera there. And this is supposed to be the stool. And then this is supposed to be the backdrop. So together, and then I have the light, which is like literally up here that looks like lights in the studio. Um, and then around it is just photos of Columbus. So this is Goodell Park at sunset. Beautiful. Um, and then on the other side too is Goodell Park. It's two different photos, but because it's sunset, it looks like the same photo. And at the very back, I don't know if you guys can see, it's kind of like, how did this tape get here? It's like the skyline of Columbus. Um, so that was what this piece was supposed to be um, for the show that didn't really happen. And then, um, before I get to the one of Before I get to the one of the um, the media thing that I was talking about, um, I don't know if uh, Alisa, you know, I've told you I have a new mirror that just went up, um, and it was it was it's supposed to be um, something about um, where the artist is from, um, something that happened there um, basically. So I wanted to show initially i had it in mind um of doing something like i said when i go back home next year i had this idea of creating some photographs that i wanted to come and share it here um, but when this came in i thought maybe if i could pull it off here um it'll be really awesome for people even though it's not going to be taken in ghana it's still going to represent what it's supposed to mean so that is when I came up with this concept nice. of um, a, a, the, um, a Ghanaian mother, like typically Ghanaian mother, most of them, this is what they go through. Um, and this is a mural on high street right now. So um, in sure. Ghana, like most, come again. All right, we're on high street, is it? It's on Six and High, where the first one was, uh, beside uh, North High Brewery. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So um, in Ghana, most most women go through this stage. My mother has gone through it. Um, I grew up seeing her actually going through it. I'm the first child, so I grew up seeing her with my younger ones doing it, where it's like they will buy stuff 
random stuff, some vegetables. In this photo, it's all vegetables, but mostly it's like either fruits, vegetables, um, it could be appliances, like any stuff. And they would just put it in a pan, carry it, walk miles selling it. And then whilst you are walking around, um, if they had kids, they cannot leave it to anybody to watch. So they carry the kid on their back and then just walk miles with it, selling whatever they have on their head. So I have personally been carried at my mom's back while she has something on her head um, selling. And one, one uh, crazy thing about it is once you have it, you have to also scream out loud what you are selling. So like if you have vegetables, you have to be screaming out, I have tomatoes, who wants to buy some? I have tomatoes, who wants to buy some? So you have to constantly keep saying that. And people in their homes will hear it and come out and call you if they need some to buy or something like that. So this is, this is a very personal um, photo to me. And I, I remember as soon as I took this photo and I came back home looking at it, like I felt like I was looking at my mom when she used to do that, you know. And even me, I have not carried them on my head, but we the guys, we sell, um, I don't know if there is some here, kerosene. What's it called? Is there ke uh, kerosene. kerosene. It's like a, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So most of the guys in Ghana, it's either we would do that or we would, we call ourselves like a shoe shine where it's like you have like shoe polish and brush. You go to people and then you polish their shoe and they give you money. So it's either most of the guys who do that or like sell kerosene. So me personally, um, at some point I sold kerosene in gallons where you have it in a gallon, you walk miles, you go to houses and then you ask them if they need it and then you, they will buy it from you. you. You pour it in a Coke bottle. That was what we used for our measurement. We didn't have any form of measurement. So like if the person is buying, let's say, um, let's say two pounds, I'm just saying, you, you put it in, in the Coke bottle and sell it to them as it is two pounds because there is no form of measurement or anything. Oh, wow. So if, if, if one Coke bottle is one city and they want five cities of it, that means you put in five Coke bottles. So yeah, this piece is very, very, very personal. And the fact that the legs in it is, is the legs of my daughter. Aww. So I don't know if you guys can see. Yeah. And I remember when my mom, when I showed my mom this photo, she got emotional a little bit because she was like, why would you let somebody else carry her when I wanted to be the first to put it at my back? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Um, I, 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 I wish that would have happened, but I also had to create this piece. Yeah. And um, I felt bad a little bit about it, but. My, I know my mom and she will support whatever I'm doing. So it's yeah. all good. Yeah. So, so you took that, that is this piece. You took that in Ohio? Yeah, this was taken right, uh, right at my house. So when you go out of the complex, there is, they are building a new apartment there. And I saw it, I'm like, this looks like, because I also wanted to take it at a place where people would not recognize where it was taken and know where it was taken from because all you have is gravels and, and sand and trees, which is almost everywhere in the world. Um, so the location actually worked really well. 
um, with the photo. And initially I was going to do it with like three models, like two mod uh, female models and a guy to represent also the guys, like what we do. But then um, it, unfortunately they were not able to make it. So I had to reach out to this friend and she's actually also a Ghanaian. So it kind of all worked together very, very, very well. Um, so that is this piece. Um, it, it's ready to go in the gallery. I was supposed to take it last week, um, but the framing shop delayed me. So I wasn't able to take it in. So, and there is also a black and white version of it. Um, like I said, a lot of people know me by my black and white words. So mm -hmm. I wanted to also, um, I went with the color initially because most of the time when people think about Africa, when people think about Ghana, they think about sorrow and people going through a lot of stuff. So I just wanted to show something more vibrant, something more like lively, something with uh, smiles in it. That's why you can see that smiles in, in, in her face. And it's genuine because even though they walk all these miles, you don't feel it because when you're on the street, you meet people, you have conversations, you laugh, you talk. And it, you, don't, you don't feel like you, sometimes you can walk miles and you don't even realize that you've walked that much because of the conversations that you have on the streets while walking. And then sometimes you will get to a place where somebody will literally invite you to their home to eat. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Just when they buy, they'll just like buy the vegetable from you and be like, I'm literally going to cook with this vegetable. Would you like to stay and eat some? So um, I wanted to use the color to like make it more, <clears throat> excuse me, make it more vibrant and put some color and life in it, not to show more pain and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the other piece that I wanted to show that I was talking about, um, it is, I will have to put my gloves on. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't want to make the print dirty. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking, of, I was looking at your photos the other night on your website mm -hmm. and, uh, and thinking about you as, well. I know you as a person and you are just, extremely social and not scared to walk up to anyone and when I was looking at your photos it seems like it seems like you're really good at capturing the essence of what is and like not trying to force it to be anything else do you think that that kind of observation came from these times that you were just talking about with your mother like from a young age or so um it's funny that you said that because it takes me everything within me to walk up to somebody that yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, it, I don't know how to explain it, but when I say I'm, I'm an introvert, sometimes certain people understand and certain people don't because like, like you are saying, I just walk up to people and talk. Yeah. But I'm able to do that because we have something in common to talk about, which is art. So if we are going to have an art conversation, something that I'm comfortable at, it gives me that energy to be able to walk up to somebody 
And even, even when I'm doing street photography, um, it took me a while to be able to walk up to somebody and take a photo. Um, when, when I remember my friend, Sean, he introduced me to uh, street photography. And the first time I ever saw him do it, I'm like, how do you just walk up to somebody and take their photo? Like, how? And he's like, well, you, you just see it and you think it's a nice photo and you just take it. And it's funny because now I do it to the extreme and he is like, how do you walk up to somebody and just take their photo? And I told him, well, you taught me, but now what I've said to myself is when I see somebody that I think um, genuinely their photo is going to either inspire somebody or inspire art or it, in, in the form of art, I would rather go and get it than to go home and beat myself about not getting it. Yeah. So that is what I do. And then, and then when I walk up to people, I, I let them know who I am in that very minute or second. Because if, if I walk to them trying to hide or sneak, that gives, you know, anybody, anybody, even me, if you walk up to me and you have a camera behind you trying to sneak and take my photo, my intentions towards it will be different than when you walk up to me and put it right in my face. The only thing sometimes people would do is try to block it or try to say, why are you taking my photo? And before that question comes, I've already taken the photo. So then it's about now telling you what I'm doing with the photo and which is just like, I love people. And sometimes doing photography gives me the opportunity to escape, to be able to talk to people. And then some people will be like, okay. And then some people will ask you, what do you do with it? Like, are you going to post it? What are you going to do with the photo? And then I'll tell them, it might end up in a book. It might end up in my social media or something like that. It, I've only had one incident where somebody asked me to delete a photo. Mm. And at that time I was shooting digital, but now I should just film. And so like when, when I take somebody's photo and they're like deleted and I tell them I can't because it's film. If, at, at that very moment, I don't know, for whatever reason, they now like it because it's just, it's taken on film. So, and that is what has inspired me even shooting more film, especially when I'm on the street, because I remember there was, I met, I was on the street one time and I saw a guy and from my farm, like, man, I want to photograph this guy. And like I'm saying, I was scared to walk up to him, but because I wanted the photo so bad, I did walk up to him and I, and this is my anthem when I'm on the street. Excuse me, say I'm a street photographer. Do you mind if I take your portrait? Yeah. And he was like, why? And I said, I just think you look great today and I just want to take your portrait. And he's like, can I see? And I said, no, you can't because it's film. And then as soon as I said film, he's like, people shoot film now? I'm like, yeah, we do. It's like, okay, go ahead. And so that right there, gave me the ticket to be able to photograph him instead of just, you know, sneaking around or using a zoom lens to, to, to do that. Because I also, apart from getting the photo, I also like, like really talking to people because I don't get the chance to do that without a camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, um, Edmund also, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up after you show this photo. I think we're just about at time. Oh, okay. 
I'm gonna bring it up real quick. Oh, there it is. Oh, wow. Where is that? So I basically created this set in my living room. Um, I went out, took, went into almost every single coffee shop downtown Columbus and took all their newspapers. Um, if they are watching, I hope they don't come back at me. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I took a bunch of newspapers. I came home um, in the corner where we have our dining set, moved the, the, the dining set, put it all around the wall. Um, and then I took this photo right here. Cool. I don't know if you guys can see, but there's a little bit of a blur that like zooms in into it. Um, just like what I was saying, like the media just, grabs us and pull us into whatever they are doing and we get swamped into it we don't look back we don't try to like look back and see how far we've gone into reading news and listening to it so this is just like a photo that i created to kind of like tell that story um, i uh that's a beautiful photo and i also really like that you. concept i would i would love personally to see you do more with that yeah, I, I actually had like uh, a few more ideas to go with that. Um, but like I said, sometimes when you also don't have the space to work at, it, it also limits you in a bit. And because I also don't know a lot of people here in Columbus, it's very hard for me to find people to work with. Mm. Because, you know, people don't know you. They don't know what you are doing with the staff. So it's I mean, just collab with you on something like that that's uh I used to not be very political but I kind of feel like you have to be not you don't have to be but like I think it's kind of important to acknowledge what's going on in these times you know oh yeah definitely but definitely. Um, but yeah if you want to collab on something like that let me know okay awesome well this was really great um I don't know how we end this but <laughs> this is I feel like we we've we've had certain conversations that ever since we've known each other, we've not even had. Yeah. So this was great. Uh, this was really awesome. Yeah. And thank you for asking me to have this conversation with you. Of course. Yeah. yeah of well, course. There was, there was no other um, great person to have this conversation with than you. So yeah, it was great having you on. Same, same. Well, I'm not really sure how we're supposed to end this either. Well, thank you guys for um, watching. Thank you for listening to us just jibble jumble about our work. Uh, I don't know if... <laughs> yeah, I know anybody that is on here is interested in what we are talking about, but, you know, maybe we went off the road a little bit, but... Can we uh, get your Instagrams or something in case someone wants to get in touch, or...? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll my you. Yeah, mine's, I'm going to spell it as well. Um, mine's Alyssa Ohashi Photography. It's A-L-I-S-S-A-O-H-A-S-H-I Photography. That's uh, Instagram's the only social media I have right now. 
Well, most of the time I take people straight to my website because I feel like it's the one platform that I have almost everything that I do on there. Um, so my website is kboateng.com, which is K-B-O-A-T-E-N-G.com. And anything and everything that I do, even if you want to end up on my social medias, once you go there, it links to every, everywhere else. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you.